the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And uh, these days we certainly need more reinforcements of private citizens fulfilling the obligations of their most important political office. My name is Greg Britton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Don Dix. You know, before the election, we were joking that November 6th is the election day for Republicans, <laughs> and November 7 is the election day for Democrats. But as we've seen across the country, and most blatantly in Florida, November 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 are the election days for Democrats. Well, it's true because a report on Breitbart says Florida Democrats urge voters to submit absentee ballots after election day using altered forms. Now, yeah, this you got This is a very long article, and it goes into a lot of election law and so forth. But the, just the headline alone, I find disturbing. And so, given the results nationwide of this election, and particularly statewide. I'm just I'm wondering, Greg, what what are the citizens who have the most important political office in the country that a private citizen? What are they thinking about today? What is going through their minds today? Are they relieved that this cycle of receiving buckets full of mail in their uh, mailboxes, you know, political mail ads is over, that the political ads on TV are over? Uh, are they disappointed? Are they checking out? Are they making plans to move? Are they making plans to afford it to to uh, step up and, and double their efforts? What do you what do you think the the people in the most political, most important political office are thinking? Well, I think probably the vast majority of people are thinking about what the, what's going to be for dinner picking up the kids, going to work, all of those things, because the people that are the activists, the people that are really fulfilling those obligations are unfortunately a very small minority. To the extent that people are paying attention, uh, certainly the Democrats, no Democrat I've ever seen has voiced the slightest objection to Democrat vote fraud. So, they're, so they believe in win by any means necessary. Republicans, I mean, some of them, you know, they'll issue a statement, we, you know, criticizing what's going on. But what we've seen is no effective response to this blatant in-your-face, try-and-stop-me-if-you-can, Democrat vote fraud stuffing the ballot box after the election by Democrat Party officials in Florida. And I, I think this probably the same thing happened in Arizona, which has gotten less, less attention when this Marxist, literally, who has told... Condemned the voters of her own state as crazy, who opposes all immigration laws, who said it's fine if Americans want to go join and fight with the Taliban, who said that people that showing up at one of her protest organiz- uh, events, if they want to destroy property, we shouldn't say anything against that. This person. 
won the won the election in Arizona, and you have to believe that there was enough Democrat vote fraud to put her over the edge. Well, and <clears throat> the thing that kind of surprises me too is we have we have similar results in some local elections out here, Riverside County, who voted overwhelmingly for John Cox, had a little trouble figuring out other races, down ticket races like Assembly, where Billy Bill Asaley is in the fight of uh, of his you know budding political career trying to make sure he stays ahead of someone who has uh, undoubtedly uh you know burnished her bona fides political bona fides at the altar of political progressivism uh even though her male uh her her not her male m a l e but her m a i l and those of you that know who sabrina cervantes is understands what i'm implying there even though her male uh, would suggest otherwise. I think people are uh, Democrats, especially. I wonder if they're not uh, a little disappointed today that one of their standard bearers, uh, Michael Avenatti, seems to have had his presidential hopes dashed upon the rock of, um, oh, I don't know, assault of a woman. Wait a minute. No, Don, he's a Democrat. <laughs> That oh make well, Keith Ellison was very. I mean, there's evidence, there's contemporaneous reports, there's medical evidence to support that he physically assaulted enough to put her into the hospital. His former girlfriend, and he won for state attorney general of Minnesota. Plus, he's the deputy chair and still is the deputy chair of the Dem Party. Well, for those of you that uh, aren't paying attention to any political news uh because you're just sick and tired of it uh given that we just went through this election michael avenatti who was the uh who has been labeled by tucker carlson the creepy porn lawyer uh who represented stormy daniels and brought in uh at least one of the individuals that was claiming sexual assault by uh brett you know uh, brett kavanaugh he has now been arrested under suspicion of domestic violence involving a, a woman that has yet to be named. What's interesting about this is that when Avenat, right before he was arrested, he was quoted as saying, now, he's an attorney. You would think that he would be, A, his own best advocate, or is the advice, uh, I remember, who, who, who was it that said a man who thinks he can be his own attorney is a, has a fool for an attorney? Uh, as a fool, as a fool for a client, I don't know who who first came up with that one. Okay, well, Avenatti, who you would think would be a little savvy, is well, quoted. I don't know about that, but just okay. a little. Is quoted as saying, "She hit me first. So if your defense the day after you get out of jail is the, these allegations are false, where does the she she hit me first uh, defense?" Uh, stack up in your ability to say that you didn't hit her because she hit me first implies that there was a second action right of you hitting of, of no, what, what hitting. was what was what was second <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how you can say i didn't I, I these allegations are false i would i i condemn them in the strongest possible terms and she hit me first but she hit me first <laughs> Your Honor, I rest my case. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, sometimes this stuff. And you know what's funny about that is I really haven't seen that acknowledged anywhere in any of the write-ups about this. Is that? Is that well, by the way, we should. You know, 
Domestic violence is not funny. No, it's not funny. I'm but, laughing at the attorney. But that the attorney is, telling inconsistent <laughs> stories, this, uh, this pompous you-know-what telling inconsistent yeah. stories is is worthy of humor. Yeah, there's another little bit of humor out there, and then we'll take a break and get back to some serious political stuff, just for those of you that tune in for to our show for serious political stuff. Uh, are you, do, do you know who the uh, supermodel named Emily Ratajkowski that's easy for you to say. Man, oh man. Emily, you know her by her picture more than her name, Rata Jakowski. She came to fame in a video. Uh, she was a, uh, a a dancer in a video called Blurred Lines. And there was a PG version as well as a uh, R or possibly X-rated version, depending mm. upon where your needle sits as far so, as... So what, so what political wisdom is, or she was call her Emily, offering us today? Well, she, she was recently dubbed the um, Woman of the Year uh, by the Australian GQ uh, magazine. I read that every day. I do, too. It's, it's high on my list of required readings. So she go, she talks a little bit about the importance of uh, apparel, uh, particularly when you're at a protest. And so she is suggesting to uh, women, I guess, because men don't wear bikinis, but she's suggesting to women that it's a, a, all about wearing a string bikini on the beach as well as at a protest. So here she's giving advice to the women of the world that when you show up to a political protest, a bikini is the preferred uh apparel apparently for making a political statement now uh it, it depends on who's doing the protest let's, let's say it depends on who's doing the protest but uh, you know you know ladies you know if the string bikini doesn't work you're just gonna have to forego the string bikini and with that, we're going to take a break. <laughs> we're going to take a break right here on the Unite IE Radio Show. Uh, in advance of losing all decorum, uh, you would associate with a serious political radio show. Uh, to hear from our sponsor for this half hour, and we'll be back with some thoughts on the caravan that's heading heading in our direction. Parts of which have already arrived in Tijuana after this message from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, here on AM590 The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of anything that you want or anything that you need between now and your final day on earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on AM 590 The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 NMLS and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. And the election that we just had, it seems, 
points out the, the importance of immigration as an issue in this country, I think. It's the demo, it's it's what has driven a good chunk of the demographic change that has resulted in it being nearly impossible for Republicans to get elected in California. But it's broader than it's happening elsewhere too. Yes. And Tucker Carlson talked about this on November on his show on November seven, and we have a couple of clips of of Tucker discussing it. Here's another lesson. Immigration matters not just on the level of individuals and families and caravans, the things that we debate every night, but on the level of entire populations. Immigration changes who lives in a country and who votes. Ultimately, that's why it matters. You'd never know that from listening to the coverage of immigration stories. You would think the question of who comes into your country and under what circumstances was entirely a moral issue, really a question of personal decency, Good people are for open borders. Bad people are against them. It's always the message, including today. And I think we have one more. Here's the political reality. California was once a solidly Republican state for generations. It is now among the most Democratic. Why? Immigration. Different people live there. Not surprisingly, they vote very differently. Something very similar is happening right now in Nevada, Arizona, Texas, Virginia, North Carolina, and many other states. And that was reflected in last night's vote totals. Check the numbers. Democrats obviously know this. That's why they oppose borders, because it helps them win elections. Republicans, by profound contrast, have been very slow to pick up on this. They're very literal. They still think immigration policy is about virtue. Every year, a million and a half legal immigrants enter the country. They will vote either when they get citizenship or now because under loosey-goosey Democrat voting laws and, and enforcement, they can vote before they're citizens. They will vote 80% plus for the Democrat Party. How long, So you, it's a miracle, that, and this has been going on for, for decades. Since 1982 to 19, from 1982 to 2016, there were 30 million legal immigrants that came into the country. And again, when they vote, 80% plus for the Democrat Party. It's a wonder that there's any Republicans that are still being getting elected in this country. And if you keep this up, it's going to be like California, where it's all Democrat, and the only question is whether it's the merely left-wing Democrats like a big dem tech companies, or it's the pseudo-communist wing of the party. That'll, 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 that'll be the division, not between conservatives. And, but you add on top of that, and Rush Limbaugh talked about this this past week, is during previous periods of high immigration, there were strong forces, cultural forces, bringing, building an American identity from the immigrants. First of all, who, who wanted to come here and be Americans? Query whether these people marching up from Central America, carrying their country's flags, demanding that they get let in, or people from, other, from the Middle East or other places, are they coming, do they really want to be Americans? But through the culture, the schools, the churches, they, you've, we forged an American identity, the melting pot idea. But that's gone now. The schools are going to, the, the government run schools are going to teach the immigrants and their children what a bad place America is and what a ter- an immoral place America has been. And that the, they, should, they should stay, they shouldn't be Americans, they should be 
first and foremost, their Democrat identity group. So another point that Rush Limbaugh made, and I think this also is a very good one to understand a couple of different distinctions about what's unfolding. He made the point that America as a country, because of its fundamental design, the idea of limiting government, that you know, it, that, that it places the value of the citizen above the government, that the Constitution is not to rein in the activity of the citizen, but it's to rein in the scope and the intrusion of government and to keep it limited to certain functions. That is what has made the difference in making America become exceptional. The, a lot of the political elite, on the, especially on the Democrat side, want to hang it around uh, a, 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 an identity politics issue. It's white supremacy. It's, this, uh, it's the, the politics of division. But what would have happened in any, if you follow the theory, had any country had a system of government where the emphasis was on freedom, Freedom of the mind, freedom of the human, freedom to do what you would like to do without interference. That any country would have grown like America has grown. Any people would have. That what makes America unique is not the people. It's the system under which the people live. And that system has allowed us to become exceptional. It's not the people who are here. It would have his 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 notion is is that no matter where you wrap, no matter what people you wrap this form of government around, they will rise to the highest level of human experience that you can rise because that's just the very nature. All other forms of government uh, suppress all of this, and that the Democrats are 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 suppressing those things that made America exceptional and they're diminishing the role that this form of government had by saying, oh, well, America has, you know, has a blemished history. We've no America is 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 great. And the form of government is great and wrapped around any people. It would allow those people to flourish as well. Well, you compare North America and South America. North America has surged ahead and prospered because of that philosophy and structure and govern and and mode of governance. Whereas you look at South America, which is blessed with abundant natural resources, there's no reason why the people of South America could not have prospered just as much as the people of North America. But they haven't, and why? Not because Americans are somehow inherently genetically superior. No, it's just what you said. It's the culture and it's the structure of governance that has limited government and made people free to pursue happiness as they each define it on an unprecedented level. So that was so. Rush talks. He's, he does the best except best I've ever heard anyone do of explaining American exceptionalism. It's that exception is to free up people to pursue happiness as they each define it. And within and America became the most greatest, most powerful, most prosperous country in the world as a result. Greg and I were talking before the show. What do we say on radio to people who have 
uh, many of our listeners who are activists who, you know, uh, wore their knuckles to the bone uh, during this last election cycle, walking, phoning, uh, supporting candidates, uh, doing a lot of the, the, the work that's necessary in order to what do you say to those people to keep them in the game? And I think that understanding what America is and why it is worth doing everything we can do to preserve it is that conversation that we need to have right now. We, You know, Lou Holtz, great football coach, said every season when he would get his freshman uh, players, no matter what experience, no matter where they were on the totem pole of success, he would take them back to, we're going to drill on the fundamentals of football, the fundamentals of the game, because the fundamentals are what win. And the fundamental of America is America. And it's worth fighting for. And it's worth doing the things that we did during this last election cycle, even with the insurmountable odds that we were facing. And it's worth doing again. And it's worth doing it again and again and again. Because what we're talking about is preserving uh, a a place on earth where uh, individual or human beings are allowed to uh, gr- fulfill this most noble of causes, uh, which is to be as great as they want to be without the obstruction of government, either in form, like freedom of speech or right to bear arms, or function, like you're in a particular caste and you can't get out of that caste because you were born into it. Yep. We can't give up the fight. America, I can't. I cannot hand off an America less free and great and prosperous than the one I received. But whether we need to continue fighting in the same manner, that's a very, that's a very different situation. I well, think. you were talking d- the difference between tactics and strategy. Right, right. You know, strategy is we've got these fundamental truths about America that we need to remind ourselves and reinstill in ourselves at times like this. Why do we fight? And then we got to reevaluate how what went wrong. You know, that, those are conversations for, you know, the weeks ahead. But right now, just focus on the the importance of preserving the light of liberty that the Constitution and the founders set free for humankind. And uh, I, I think that's what's important. We have to realize that this is a war. It is a civil war. So far, non-shooting, but it, the differences are as great or greater than they were at the time of the shooting civil war in the 1860s. That the, our, our, and we, have to, we have to think of the demo, our side has to think of it as a war, and that the Democrat Party and its cronies are the enemy, our enemy, because th- that's how they think, that's how they see us as the enemy. And they are trying to destroy our country and fund, or at least fundamentally transform the country into a declining, decaying socialist country where they're in charge. So you're reversing the American exception, which was God, people, then below them the government, to the usual way. Um, we'll figure out what to do with God up there someplace. Government over the people. That's what the Democrat Party is all about. And they will say anything. They will do anything to achieve the power to accomplish their ends. And we see this all the time with Kavanaugh, with the vote fraud, with the open borders, and, and, and essentially unlimited immigration that they support. 
That's what has to change if we're going to save our country. In our second half hour, we have Susan Shelley, who is a columnist with the Southern California News Group and a vice president with the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. Always a great and informative guest. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, here on AM590, The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of anything that you want or anything that you need between now and your final day on earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on AM 590 The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate, broker license number 01147747, NMLS 9873, and California Finance Lenders License number 603K610. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. And when it comes to the state election, Greg, I wonder where was the private citizen? Where were those people that needed to show up that didn't show up? We've got 19.7 million registered voters, about 8 million Democrats, 5 million uh, Republicans, and 7 million declined states or no party preferences. When you look at how many votes John Cox got compared to Gavin Newsom, it makes you wonder, where, not not just where, and I would assume that there a large part of that was no party preference. So if you say roughly half the vote for John Cox of 3 million votes, I think it was 2.8, maybe 3 million votes, half of that came from no party preference. That means 1.5 million from Republicans. That leaves 3.5 million Republicans that decided to sit out the game. Well, to help us figure out what actually happened in this election and give a, and, and give us some color and some light and maybe even some hope, we have Susan Shelley joining us. She has been a uh, guest of ours on the Unite IE radio show. We've had her on the Jen and Don show, and she is uh, a part of the uh, staff, the editorial staff of the Southern California News Group and also uh, directs communication for the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. Susan Shelley, welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio show. Thank you, Don. Great to be here. Did I get any of that wrong, by the way, in introducing you? No, it's all fine. Okay, good. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for, uh, you know, coming on with us to, um, you know, give do a little, what it would be Monday morning quarterbacking. What what happened? What went wrong? And uh, so I'll give you the opportunity, just big picture. What happened on November 6th? California. I, I wish I knew. I thought it was going to go a lot better than it did. Uh, I thought there were more people in California who were upset, given the number of people that we're always hearing talk in the supermarket line. And everywhere we go, we hear people talking about moving away to another state. And I really thought there were going to be more people who said, time for a change in California. But apparently, what overrode that is a lot of Democrats in California who hate Donald Trump. And they were just, they were willing to stand in line at the polls. I actually talked to a few people at an early voting site, and I was so surprised at the intensity of the hatred that they felt for Donald Trump and the fact that they were 
willing to stand in line literally for two hours to cast a vote two days ahead of Election Day to make sure they didn't miss their chance to send a message to that president. One person said the climate in the country is un-American, and he was going to stand there and vote. So if people felt that way, I think they're mistaken about Donald Trump. I think they're mistaken about his policies, and, and I think they're missing all of the benefits that we've had from the tax cuts and the deregulation and the other things he's done. I think they're missing that or overlooking it or giving the credit to Barack Obama when it doesn't belong to him. I don't know what they're thinking, but they were furious. And that kind of energy seems to have overtaken all the Republicans in California, especially in Orange County, where they're just being wiped out. And it's just startling to me, uh, the intensity of the blue wave in California. Okay, but this the result for governor it's uh, sixty point as of the, as of Thursday it's sixty point eight percent for Newsom and thirty nine point two percent for Cox and that's totally in line that's about the result when Meg Whitman ran against Jerry Brown uh, or when uh, Neil Kashkari we all remember him uh, mm-hmm. ran against Jerry Brown so it, it's 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 the standard Republican forty percent. And that is basically unchanged. For I think there's other reasons going on, and I, I I believe the primary reason why California is like it is politically is immigration. The Democrats, more so in California than other states, have stacked the voting deck in their favor with mass legal and illegal immigration. And it was that first amnesty. If you go back and look at election results, it was that first amnesty in 1986. That flipped California, because after that, the two in 1988, George H. W. Bush barely won California, and by 1992, Clinton won it easily, and it hasn't, and it's never been close ever since. And it's that, and the Republicans utterly do not get this. 1.5 million legal immigrants come into the country every year, and they, and for year after year, decade after decade, and they vote 80 percent plus for the Democrats, and so do their children. And the Republicans utterly do not get this and have done nothing to stop this deluge of, of Democrat voters. And the same thing that's happened in California is going to happen to the rest of the country unless we cut off the Democrats' reinforcements through mass immigration. Well, I think we do need border security, but I'm not quite as pessimistic about the future as you are. I'll tell you why. The... Um Looking at the Secretary of State's website right now, John Cox got 3.8 million votes. 3.8 million votes for a Republican candidate in California who was not an office holder and not well known to the people of this state in any district in the state. 3.8 million is more than the population of 22 states. There's a lot of Republicans in California. There's a lot of potential for organizing, fundraising, precinct walking, and generally improving the lives of Californians with conservative policies. The trouble is that we never have strong, the strongest candidates. Now, John Cox tried really hard. He did a good job. He had a good campaign and a good message. But he was not a former congressman or a former senator or someone who had a political base in California. Where were all our office holders, all the ones who decided they were going to retire from Congress but didn't want to run for governor, all the mayors, around the the county supervisors, all the people with a political organization who passed on the opportunity 
to run. Only Travis Allen and John Cox put their names in. And it really, I think it speaks to the, the failure of the state party and the, um, the premises that they start with at the beginning of a campaign, which is, well, we can't win, so how can we just raise enough money to keep our consultants fed until the next election when we hope it'll be better? That seems to be how they approach it. And, and I think it's very destructive. They abandon district after district as unwinnable, and then they wonder why people aren't motivated to turn out to vote. So failure of the state party. So that implies that there were things that the party could have done that they didn't do. Um, failure of uh, the people who were, I, you know, one of the big, I, I think one of the bigger untold in this, this should be the buried lead in so many stories is that although Donald Trump, um, you know, there were, there were, I don't know how many seats that have flipped over to the uh, Democrats in Congress. I, I, I think I recall the number being around thirty-three. Is that? I think it's going to it's going to it's going to it's going to it's approaching forty nationwide. Okay. And, and in California, there are already four have already four hasn't been called. They're still counting the fraud rife provisional ballots and so on. But so far, there are four Republicans that are behind incumbents. Okay. And uh, Young Kim is only a couple as of Thursday is only a couple hundred votes ahead, and she, her all these all their results are. Shifting in favor of the Democrat, right. so she's most likely. So it's most likely going to be five. So my point is, out of fourteen, there were forty-five Republicans that decided to retire, yeah, and not run, uh, right. retire slash not run. So given the fact that there were forty-five seats that were abandoned by Republicans to to end up with less than forty seats actually changing hands, I think is not a bad thing and those republicans that won won because they were overarchingly conservative they were more in the mold of donald trump they were more uh trump supporters than they were you know sort of the what we characterize as, as establishment slash never trump well that's very interesting so this is almost like the continuation of the 2016 primary where donald trump is defeating republicans of a different philosophy a philosophy that has been rejected right. by the voters yeah and they're still losing. He's still beating them. They're, he's driving them out. And he's going to have people to work with in Washington who are willing to, willing to work with him on the policies on which he was elected, the promises on which he was elected, which should be a good thing. Should be. Um, and then, of course, you have the uh, wisdom, or I even would use the word genius, of Trump's campaign manager, Brad, I think his name is Parscale, mm-hmm. is the way it's pronounced, who decided that the strategic pathway to victory in, two, in, the, in the midterms of 2018 was to go after Senate seats. And that's exactly what they did. They went through the, the districts where uh, the, he, they estimated they could inflict the most damage to uh, vulnerable uh, Senate seats as a result of the Kavanaugh hearings and some other things. Uh, but that's exactly where they went, and that's exactly what happened. And they picked up and and saved the Senate because ultimately this divided Congress isn't going to get anything done. And it would be better to have a divided con- – from Trump's perspective, it would be better to have a divided Congress than it would be to have a, you know, a Democrat Senate and House where they could push through whatever – you know, horrible thing that they wanted to push through. 
Right. And, of course, saving the Senate saves the judicial nominations, which is one of the most important things that President Trump can do while he's in office. Amen. Is put good judges on the bench. That's true. Susan, we've got to take a quick break, and we will be back with some more discussion about the California elections, the impact of the national results on us here in California, as we begin the process of trying to divine a pathway forward into 2020. Back after this message from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, and we are certified to be the number one conservative talk radio show in our market, in our time slot. According to Nielsen. Absolutely. Uh, Perhaps epitomizing the recent election here in California is the race for the State Board of Equalization District 4, in which Mike Schaefer defeated the Republican State Senator Joel Anderson. And uh, Schaefer is an 80-year-old perennial candidate. He's a disbarred attorney who was prosecuted as a slumlord and jailed for spousal abuse. That is, that is, that's the, and why did he win? Because he had a D next to his name, and Joel Anderson had an R next to his name. And, and, and to enough voters, nothing else mattered. Well, that is disturbing. And it's another one of those races where it was, the vote was elevating and elevating as the late absentee ballots were counted and the provisional ballots are probably still to still to be done they're done at the very end and they continue this vote counting until december 7th so uh, there might be something suspicious about the fact that the late ballots always go to the democrats it's um it's questionable at the very least oh i think i think i think there is and we are we are witnessing the results of either or both a sophisticated get out the vote operation on the part of the Democrats where they, you know, they know what they need to do on election day in order to drive uh, turnout in their favor, including illegal immigrants. Yep. Now, I, I honestly think that uh, if you have um, the if you, if you have a good get out the vote operation, it diminishes the impact of the illegal or fraudulent vote. To the point to where it's meaningless, and I and I don't think the Republican Party did that. But Susan, I think Greg makes a good point here. You've got a race where you've got a uh, a senator running against the person that he just outlined. This guy's background. I, I can't think of a more uh, undesirable candidate. It's and, really shocking, right? It, it is really shocking. <laughs> it is really shocking. All I can say is that the voters. 
they turn the pages, the ballots are long, there's lots of races that people don't know anything about the candidates, they don't know anything about the issues, they vote based on what they know, and they, they're, if they're out there on, on anger against Donald Trump and they're voting the straight D all the way up and down the ballot, they don't care who it is, they didn't do any other research, and it's not like the Board of Equalization gets a tremendous amount of press coverage or TV commercials or anything like that. It's, it's an obscure, it was always an obscure office, and now it's a really powerless obscure office because the law was changed to take many of its functions away and send them up to uh, a different office in Sacramento. And so I, think I that don't makes, think he can do much damage, but it's right. still very disheartening. But I think what you just said makes Greg's point, which is here's a race where you don't have a lot of those things uh, to obscure the actual turnout results and voting uh, for this this uh, District 4 Board of Equalization. Now, there were, two pro- there were two propositions that I thought, because we're basically talking turnout, there are two propositions I thought that were going to drive turnout of Republicans, and that would have been Prop 5 and Prop 6. And it certainly didn't seem to do that, did it? It doesn't seem to have happened. But, you know, it. I believe it won. I believe Prop 6 won in Orange County, and Prop 5 did also. And I believe Prop 6 won in Riverside and San Bernardino, but got killed in Los Angeles. And, you know, I'm not so sure that the votes in Los Angeles are 100% legitimate. There are nah. about how they're doing things in Los Angeles. Uh, Judicial Watch and Election Integrity Project California are suing because the voter registration is approximately 144% of eligible adults. doesn't give you a sense of great confidence that they've been, that they've been maintaining the list in, a, in an accurate and current way. In fact, you saw you had a chance to go down and inspect what was going on in the voting process and observe the lack of election integrity in California. Yes, I did. When I was a candidate, I was in a very close race for the assembly in 2013, and we decided we would do a one-day recount to see if we could find anything in in a day because it's very expensive. They they charge you something like five thousand dollars a day to do a recount, and the longer it takes, the more you're in debt. So we only did one day. We looked at it. And frankly, what we saw is that they had counted more votes. By the time we got all the data, they had counted more votes than there were voters who voted. That is civic dedication. (laughs) It's certainly imaginative. And you know what disturbed me? I was so naive at the time. I just went to them and I said, you know, you have more votes counted than you have voters who are who are accounted for. And how does that happen? And I thought there was going to be a simple explanation having to do with the database update and the dates and something. I thought it would be some technical explanation. And instead, when I asked the question, this was the answer. Oh. 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 How did that happen? And that was the last they ever said about it. They said they'd follow up with me. They never followed up with me. They didn't care. I think this is probably part of the way they do things. They, they have extra ballots laying around. There's a number of places where they could get them and they would never be checked or totaled or audited. Uh, for instance, when ballots are mailed out to a, an address that doesn't exist and they, they're returned by the post office, nobody checks those. So someone could go into that big basket where they're stored, open them up, take the ballots, put them in the trays with dots on them, and there would be no way to stop that from happening. There are no cameras. There's no auditing. The, the ballots are alone with a person in an elevator. They're alone with a person in an office. They move around on trays on wheels. The Democrat Party uses vote fraud to win elections. 
and they, and they have for a long time, and they're just getting they're just getting better at it. And they also have now the illegal immigrant voters to supplement that. There were b- billboards out in the Central Valley in Spanish saying "Rise and Vote." Oh boy! Now, who who do you suppose that was directed at? The dead people. Rise from dead. the dead. Rise, Rise from the, the dead. <laughs> the, 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 the non-English speaking Latino dead people. <laughs> You know, it's so easy to cheat. There's no guarantee against voter impersonation. For example, we do early voting. So if if someone decides to impersonate a voter, all you need is the voter file, which every campaign has, and you walk into the early voting center and you give a name and an address, no ID, and you say, I'm this person and I want to vote. And they give you a ballot and you vote. It's even worse than that because not only that, they give them a cheat sheet at the entrance to the doorway that's so, right. So you can walk in, you can look at an entire voter registration for that precinct. They will mark off who's voted. All you got to do is pick somebody who hasn't voted. Pick someone who hasn't voted, go to another precinct mm-hmm. and 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 they will give you a provisional ballot for that person. You don't even have to go into the precinct where that person's registered. You go in, you demand a vote, they'll give you a provisional ballot. You put, you know, your na- that that person's name on it, right. sign it. And from what I've heard unfolding in the Riverside ROV, very early in the game, that signature gets separated from the ballot. Well, the, the moment it gets separated, you cannot retrieve exactly. that ballot. Exactly. Let's take a quick break here because we also want to talk about the looming threats to Proposition 13 with Susan. After this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the show for the most important political office, the very tired and a little worn out private citizen from the 2018 midterm elections. Our show is dedicated to you every week. We talk about the important issues that you need to be aware of, and one of them is the outcome from this midterm could be a very viable threat to the uh, long-heralded Prop 13 the vanguard of tax of, of keeping the government limited in scope, limited taxation, Prop 13 that keeps our property taxes low. Susan Shelley, who's with us, is works now with the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. What is in store for Prop 13 in the next two years? Well, something that the Democrats have wanted to do for a long time is, well, of course, they'd like to repeal Prop 13 and raise everybody's property taxes to market, but they're not going to try that all at once. What they're going to start with, what they've already started with, is an attack on the requirement for a two-thirds vote to pass bonds and parcel taxes. Currently, under, under state, the state constitution, it takes a two-thirds vote to pass a tax for a special purpose, like for schools or police or whatever. It takes a two-thirds vote. And to pass a parcel tax or bonds, it has to go to the voters it has to pass, let me get this straight, 
It has to pass by a two-thirds vote. What they want to do is they want to change it the way they changed education bonds, which was a constitutional amendment in the year 2000, Proposition 39. And now education bonds only need 55% to pass, and many more of them pass. And if you own property, you look at your property tax bill, you'll see the cost of education bonds below the line where it says voted indebtedness. In other words, what people voted to bill you for if you own property in California. The Democrats would like to do the same thing for transportation bonds, infrastructure bonds, community development bonds, library bonds, bonds for any general purpose, this sort of thing. They have a whole bunch of proposals, proposed constitutional amendments that would do this. And they need a two-thirds vote in the Assembly and the Senate to get on the ballot. But once they're on the ballot, they only need a simple majority to pass. And that's where the attack on Prop 13 is going to start. And then in 2020, there is already a measure that's qualified to split the property tax roll and charge businesses property taxes based on the market value of their real estate, which is something they can't control. So how's that going to work out for California? If you raise taxes on businesses every year at the same time, every business in California, and it's on something they can't control. There's nothing they can do about the value of their real estate. You just get the bill for it. So they'll pass that, that along. They'll pass that along as a right. part of the cost, and so it will have consumer prices will go up. Exactly. And property values, commercial property values, will plummet. And most for small businesses who lease their property, almost all those leases are on pass through. So all that that's going straight through to small businesses, and many of them are going to get put out of business. And Gavin Newsom said Prop 13 is on the table, didn't he? Yes, he did. He said Prop 13. Everything's on the table. Prop 13 is on the table. This is a really scary time because the Democrats have secured a supermajority in the state assembly and in the state Senate, and they can put constitutional amendments on the ballot and pass tax increases without a single Republican vote because the Republicans don't have enough votes up there to block a sidewalk. And with that prescient thought, We will bid you adieu, Susan Shelley. Thank you for listening. Susan Shelley with the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association and an op-ed writer for the Southern California News Group. Thank you for being with us. Tune in every week to the Unite IE Radio Show at 4 p.m. on AM 590. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.